Welcome to tonight's Andrea K show. We are uh, live here. We might actually be streaming live on Facebook right now. Shh. Because <laughs> I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> um, yeah, this girl is poison, right? Um, listen, we're going to continue tonight. We, d- we couldn't take all the calls last night. Plus, I got some emails from people. They were loving the idea of us beginning to discuss what the strategy should be for the GOP going into the 2022. We cannot take for granted that we're going to sweep the House, even though we only need five seats to take back the majority in the House, only one seat to take back the Senate. We cannot take it for granted. And more importantly... It's not a win for us to take back the majority if we're going to do what happened in 2017 and 2018, which was basically not do anything to promise that you're going to support the MAGA movement and the America First movement to get yourself reelected and then uh, lay down on the on the train tracks and try to stop that MAGA train from the Trump train from rolling along. Okay, and I mean, do I need to remind everybody about what he had to do by hook and crook to try to get some wall built? We had the White House, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. So we've got to be thinking strategy because the Democrats are thinking strategy 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They've got their school superintendents, school unions, the media behind them, the entertainment industry, all pushing their agenda all day, every day with their talking points. So we're going to continue the discussion about strategy tonight as I weave that question into some hot topics of the day. But I do want to hear from you, 888-344-1170. So I did not pack the show tonight with guests. I do have Dave Alhoff is going to be here for his Wednesday segment. He's going to talk about two things. We have passed the threshold of $30 trillion in debt, a number that no longer seems to matter to people. Well, it will when we're Venezuela. He's also former military. He's a backseater in uh, Navy Jets. So he's going to be here. We're going to talk about some breaking news that has to do with Afghanistan as well as what's going on with Ukraine. So we're going to tap into his military mind there as well. We've got, uh, uh, who remembers Colonel Chow Thief? (laughs) Andrew Venman, right? Well, he is suing Trump and others, uh, citing intimidation. Well, we've got uh, some breaking news, some emails that John Solomon has found from Just the News that breaks wide open. That the Ukrainian whistleblower, which we already knew, but there's absolute evidence right now that the Ukrainian whistleblower impeachment was nothing but a hoax and an attempt to cover up Joe Biden's corruption. And talk about strategy. We should be seeing that all day, you know, being talked about ad nauseum by those currently in office as Republicans and anybody running for office. So we've got those topics and more to bring to you guys tonight. But I want to hear from you. 888 344 1170. Because, like I said, I know that we had, uh, you know, callers that didn't make it through last night. I got emails from people. So it, do give us a call here if you've got anything you want to share in terms of strategy. You know, my man here, my partner in crime here on the show, you know, he, well, he's yawning right now. What, what you yawning for, man? You better be on point and ready to go like you usually are to share your ideas on strategy and uh, share your perspective on all the topics of the day. Of course, I'm talking about. The fried piece of delight himself, known as DJ Potato Skins. And the message said, DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. 
I can blame Biden. He's been intimidating uh, the American people. So it's <laughs> making me a little tired. Yeah. Um, well, let's get right into it, shall we? OK, so uh, Jeff Zucker, for those of you who don't know, the head of CNN, it was discovered when they were doing an investigation of Chris Cuomo, alleged investigation. How deep could it have been? They found out supposedly this is the story. He resigned today and supposedly when they were investigating Chris Cuomo that um, he had been having an, an, um, a sexual relationship with a subordinate that he did not disclose at some point in the hiring process. Um, I think that's a smokescreen. I think their ratings are in the complete tank, and he needed to be pushed out, and this gave them the excuse to do it. We're talking about a creep, the Creeper News Network that still has a, and under its employment Don Lemon, who has credible allegations against him that he sexually assaulted a young man in a bar. Right. Um, The same outfit that I I don't think I'm not even sure they have still yet to fire the producer that was caught paying mothers to bring their children to him so that he could teach them how to be subservient sex people, women, teach them, teach these little girls, some as young as seven on how to grow up and and to be sexual. I think when 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 he was uh, uh, indicted, they didn't fire him. Oh, oh, I guess innocent until proven guilty. They had the goods on this guy. If you're not going to fire somebody when they've been arrested with evidence that you've seen that they're raping children, come on, what's wrong with you? From a strategy from the Republicans, where are they tonight? Where? What should this be? How should the Republicans and what strategy should this feed to the Republicans? Any ideas on, on this topic, Skins? Yeah, if, if I want to reiterate what I said last night. They need to stand, not not just talk the talk, but they need to walk the walk, Andrea. They need to stand up for conservatism, and they need to play as hard as the Democrats do each and every day, not caring about the pushback, not caring about being canceled. They need to fight the fight or get out of the way and let somebody else do the job. Specifically to CNN, though. Uh, t- uh, they... Uh, th- I, here's what I think they should do specifically to CNN. I think that they should come out and uh, Republicans today should say they're be, never going to go on CNN again. Well, yeah. And say, you know what? This is an example of just a completely disgustingly, dis, uh, you know, like Trump issued a statement today exactly. and said Jeff Zucker was a sleazebag and the entire outfit is full of nothing but sleazebags and they're a fake news network. Unless something what? is done, right. we won't come back on your network. Absolutely. Your entire network needs an enema. Go get one. Flush it out. And you know what? MSNBC, you're no better, right? That's what the Republican Party should be saying today. And only show your presence on actual conservative Something outlets. Something we should have done a long time ago. Absolutely. And and just like we were saying last night, when it comes to The View, there yeah. should not be another Republican go on there or book author, at least until Whoopi Goldberg is fired. And I was one of the first people to say yesterday, I'm so sick and tired of these conservatives going, well, I'm not calling for a boycott. I don't want anybody fired because they want to make sure they're not under the gun for anything. Look, that kind of weasel Two speak, separate sets of rules. Well, it, it's it, they, it, these conservatives who are doing this, it's not about two sets of rules for them. It's about they don't care enough. They're too interested in the fact that they one of them that owns 150 homes might not be able to buy his 151st, right? Come on. The cancel culture. This is why Whoopi needs is the perfect person to cancel cancel culture. And I said this last night. I said that Whoopi Goldberg, if Whoopi Goldberg got canceled, it would stop this cancel culture. Oh, 100%. Crap. Do you think would, there, there could be enough pushback to where that would actually happen? Well, what happened, uh, ABC announced that Whoopi was going to go away in a little hiatus. 
was going to go away on a two-week vacation, taking some time off to, quote, study. I can't remember the exact statement from ABC. It was so stupid. Go basically learn. See, that's the cover that even stupid conservatives are giving today by saying, well, Whoopi's just ignorant. This wasn't about ignorance. This is about racism. This is a woman whose real name is Karen Johnson. And if you read a New York Post article, which I don't have time to go into, they said she needs to give up the last name of Goldberg, which she culturally appropriated, and it's clear that she did it for all the wrong reasons. Why would a why would a black woman decide if she's going to change her name from Johnson? Why didn't the New York Post mention why didn't she choose the name Rockefeller? Why did she specifically choose a name that was obviously Jewish? Not for any benign reason. It was a passive aggressive slap in the face of Jews. It was a basic, it was a way to get attention and to mock Jews. What she said revealed who she was. This is not about ignorance. She, she was obvious. She was, she was honest the next day when she said, look, I see race as skin color. That's what matters to me. And in, in this situation, she saw one group of white people being ugly to another group of white people. So you know what? She didn't care. That's the reality. Okay. Mika Kelly, so so the GOP strategy for the for the cancel culture should be to absolutely push back hard to force these hypocrites to have to live under their rules. And I said this last night, right? Well, fast forward to this morning, Mika Kelly from Morning Joe with him on MSNBC. I'm not going to play the soundbite because I don't give I don't give uh, I don't promote other shows here, at least not ones that I hate that are bad for the country. So she says this morning, and I, I did post it to Facebook. She says this morning that, look, well, you know, we've got to stop this cancel culture stuff because if Whoopi gets canceled, then it's just gone too far. See, it's okay. If it happens to us conservatives. Exactly. It's okay that ABC, same network, fired Roseanne from her own show that she developed out of her own comedy routine, her own character that made a gazillion dollars for ABC because she tweeted out an unflattering pick to Valerie Jarrett. Just that one tweet. Not about an entire race of people and and mocking the fact that six million Jews died and saying it wasn't about race. One pick over Valerie Jarrett. How about Sharon Osbourne? Doesn't Disney own the talk? She was fired because she defended Piers Brosnan over something, not Piers, but Piers Morgan over something that he had said. What about Chris Harrison or Harrison from The Bachelor? Think about how much money that man has made for ABC. They canned him because he defended a gal who had been on the show as a bachelorette. And she had attended what we used to call in sorority fraternities days um, back K.A. Uh, Kappa Alpha had this uh, party every year called Old South. And I actually I never attended an Old South, but, you know, I, I have seen them. And it is a throwback to, you know, the old days and Antebellum and the the frat boys would wear Confederate uniforms and they would roll up in a horse drawn carriage and the sorority girls would come out in hoop skirts and ball gowns like they were Scarlett O'Hara and then go to a party. And that has since been I don't think LSU has done an old South. And I don't even know how many decades now. Long time. Um, so he basically said this girl, you know, she you know, she meant it that when she attended this, she wasn't thinking about it. She was what, 18. Come on. They fired him. Because when he talked about her, he said he didn't think she had a hateful heart and she was fired. But Whoopi Goldberg is going to keep her job at ABC? No. But why would she keep her job at ABC? Why would those other three people, what do they have in common that Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have? What do they have in common? What's going on at ABC? Why are they going to keep Whoopi? I think you see the commonality there with the other three, don't you?
right? Every Republican and every conservative needs to be pushing hard for her to be fired. And you know why? It's not about even being vindictive. It's about the fact that there must be accountability. The people that have been making these rules, that if you're a school teacher, a doctor, a surgeon, uh, whatever, uh, some singer somehow, or some actor, if they can dig up something that you said that they don't like, or you hold a position right now, you MAGA person who was roaming the Capitol on January 6th, that you deserve to be persecuted and destroyed and have your life completely destroyed. In some cases, even being have a cement milkshake thrown at your head in the case of Andy No, If those are the rules that they want society to live by, then they deserve to be held accountable for it. We must begin to hold people accountable for their role in the destruction of society and the cancel culture tool as a part of the cultural Marxist movement has done more, has been the most effective tool that they've had in their toolbox to destroy this nation. And the only way, as I said last night, we're going to defeat it is by forcing the cancellation of these high-profile people behind it. And this is exactly why, Andrea, we say on the show that we don't want to vote for Republicans that don't take these social issues seriously. That's right. Because this is where it starts. Absolutely. They've all been shying away, don't want to answer a question about abortion, and don't want Dr. Oz, who's supposedly... You know, pretending he's a conservative, doesn't want to answer a question about when life begins. They don't want to offend anybody. Well, did Trump worry about offending people when he came down the escalator? No. The last thing on his mind. No. He was elected because of his coarse language in his tweets. He's given the blueprint that you don't have to offend people, right? It's ridiculous. What it is is they, they uh, most of the Republicans, it took me a long time to come to this, but many of the Republicans actually share the same views. There's really very little daylight. It's like the a different Demo- way about getting there. Right. Well, it's like the Democrats, most of the Democrats today are super far left and most Republicans today, you know, like most Democrats I talk to, you know, do check any polls, right? I mean, you know, even college kids, the majority of them want socialism. They want communism in this country. They're the Democrat Party is communist. And most Republicans, the squishy middle of the road rhinos are really far left liberals by uh, standards of even as recently as the 90s. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to continue the discussion. Uh, of strategy as related to hot topics because there was two emails that have completely blown wide open the Ukrainian whistleblower impeachment hoax. There was nothing but not just a coup attempt, but a blatant attempt to cover up the corruption of Joe Biden. And nobody's talking about it. Stay tuned. Get more from the Andrea K Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. How about a Republican says, Skins, I'm not going back on CNN until they fire the guy who was fondling himself on a, you know, a Zoom call with his, with his fellow workers. How was that man not, not arrested for that, by the way? Should have been done a long time ago. Right. How about a Republican say, unless Whoopi Goldberg is fired from ABC, we're not going to go back on there, not just because of the anti-Semitic comments, but because we're old enough to remember, as Megan McCain pointed out today, that um, she's had a, a history of insanely, quote, his, his insanely controversial and hurtful things over the course of her tenure. Some of the more notorious ones, including defending Roman Polanski for raping a 13-year-old, calling it not rape-rape, and defending Bill Cosby after over 50 accusers had come out publicly. 
So, um, you know, yeah, Republicans have continued to go on there, right? Continue to go on there even after that. We have we basically have handed the culture over to the left without a fight. And, and the only way we're going to get it back and save this country is if we get real serious about it. Um, I've been saying for a while this, that uh, the strategy of the Republicans is stupid to be considering and referring to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema as some kinds of heroes. That just because they didn't remove the filibuster was not a reason to pat them on the back as though they're some kind of heroes. Because as I said many times, Joe Manchin was willing to sign on for the HR1 bill. That was to centralize all of our elections. He just didn't want to get rid of the filibuster. That's not anybody I want to share um, a, a foxhole with. Well, and okay? they're telling him to come over to the Republican Party. Why? He's not conservative. Right. So then today, everybody's and, and now they're continuing to pat him on the back by because he had said that when it comes to the Build Back Better bill, he said it's dead. Well, okay, that sounds like he stuck a fork in it because he knows that as it as it stands right now, it would stick a fork into the finances of the the voters in a state. But then he went on to say, if you want to come back with me and talk about a smaller bill, i.e. the $555 billion climate change crap, which is no different than the, I don't know how many billions of dollars Obama did, same deal of what Obama did in uh, 2010 that w- resulted in all those ha ha I guess those shovel ready jobs weren't so shovel ready and how many I think it was what was it three trillion dollars in green energy boondoggle deals anybody remember Solyndra that's who Joe Manchin that's what Joe Manchin is saying right now come to me with that and I'll sign it more importantly more disturbing that I'm not hearing anybody talk about today is what he said was uh, in in addition to uh, everybody's talking about his that it's dead on the bill back better But what he said is the most important issue on his mind is, quote, taking care of our voting and protecting our right to vote and protecting the ballot box. And he's trying to put together. And that's the most important, urgent thing we have right now. And did I not say weeks ago I was concerned about him trying to pick apart, find some Republicans he could work with to do some kind of bipartisan deal? That's why he wasn't going to go with the filibuster, because he is not about freedom. He's not about conservatism. He's about covering his butt. And he is all in on the centralizing of the elections. He just wants to make sure that he's covered by bringing some Republicans with him. And sure enough, um, they, he, there is, um, I think, 60 now in, in, in conversations with him, uh, uh, senators, including Susan Collins from Maine, Republican. Well, it's like you and I have always talked about. It wasn't even mentioned that I was ever worried about caving or, you know, whatever. I'm worried about the squishy Republicans more than him. Right. Well, I mean, quite frankly, there's I don't see a whole lot. No, yeah, I no knew difference. I knew that there would be some Republicans that they could find. That would that would what they're going to be looking at is the way the electoral counts are done. The, they get a slice the, of the pie. The Electoral Count Act of 1887, as this article refers to it as the once obscure 19th century law that governs how Congress counts presidential electors and resolves disputes over presidential election results in the Electoral College. Nobody had a problem with this until a Republican Trump tried to use. The spirit of the Electoral Count Act. We had just in 2016, I think we even had in 2018 when it was the midterms, we had some Democrats. No, because the electorals has a presidential election. So in 2016, uh, I can't remember what states it was where there were Democrats that that um, were, were taken to the floor 
and disputing and trying to deny, trying making an argument that they shouldn't count the electoral votes from that particular sounds state. Familiar. Yeah, sounds familiar, right? So strategy going forward is Republicans need to stop acting as though because some Democrat throws them a crumb that, that it's that it's smart strategy to pat them on the back. They think that they think they're using some kind of reverse psychology and it's absolutely stupid. It's like Lindsey Graham, um, you know, touting this what this um, African-American judge out of South Carolina. People are trying to justify him going all in, playing the race card, denying 94 percent of Americans the opportunity to compete by playing by uh, going all in with Biden. Um, on saying that it's time for a woman of color. Some people are going, well, that's he's just being strategic because this um, judge at Childs out of South Carolina is the least controversial. That's a bunch of crap. He's pandering in an obsequious, disgusting, despicable manner to his voters. Um, another topic for strategy. Uh, Trump has raised $120 million, uh, $122 million. That uh, so far. That clearly shows that the MAGA movement is strong. The average donation is $30 and that he is still the head of the MAGA movement. So no doubt. There's been, obviously been no official announcement. You think he's going to run? I think that I think that he is. I don't think that he's doing these rallies without running. Um, it, what's interesting is that there's a poll came out of out of Florida that had him up 47 to 45 against Joe Biden. Florida, This is Florida voters. But Ron DeSantis had 54%. Over Joe Biden, Joe Biden's forty uh, something percent Which begs the question, a real serious question, Andrea. Who do we really want as the nominee? Well, that gets us really to the heart of my continuing theme of strategy. Why would Ron DeSantis right now be polling better with Floridians than Trump? COVID. Trump did an interview with Rob Schmidt. He's he's backed off. He's been more forceful against mandates. Um, but not to the degree that I think he continues to need to be from a strategy standpoint. Not at a DeSantis level. Not at the DeSantis level. And before you start adding me that I'm bashing Trump, this is not bashing Trump. Tough love. This, it, it, well, it, it, this is just about the reality. I'm giving you poll numbers. I'm telling you what the voters are. If you want your man to win and Trump's your man, pay attention. Burying your head in the sand as to where he stands with the voter is not going to help. When Trump did his interview with Rob Schmidt, he said the number one issue right now is the border. This is not 2016. Yes, we know the border is obviously a crisis because we are bleeding out. We are being invaded daily. Absolutely. But that's still not the one number one issue because the border falls under the number one issue, and that is tyranny. Why are they having that border open? Because of, of, of a plan to usher us into a communist state by in, in, grossly expanding the dependency class. The number one issue involving tyranny is these COVID crackdowns and these lockdowns and these mandates. There's a reason why they've got this border open and millions of people flooding in here that don't have to get shots. But these shot mandates continue to be forced on Americans across the country, right? Trump needs to get behind the fact that the voters, the conservative base, recognize that the real number one threat that we face is all these unelected bureaucrats in the deep state. Right now, the deep, the greatest threat to us in terms of unelected bureaucrats in the deep state is the CDC and the NIH and the NIAID who have no intention 
of releasing their grip on our lives. We do not have one state that does not have pockets going on of tyranny in this country. We still have children. Did you guys know? Everybody's talking about the fact that uh, Johns Hopkins has released a study that has found that all the lockdowns, you know, really had no significant effect on uh, reducing the the death rate. But what it did do was destroy economies and destroy lives. There's another report that came out that um, that when it comes to children and children across this country, including pockets that are supposed to be free, um, children are being forced to wear these masks all day, every day. And there was, uh, there is an increase of 364% in babies and toddlers having speech impediments. How do children learn how to speak? By looking and reading and hearing. I can hardly as an adult understand what somebody's saying to me with a mask. We're killing our children in this country. This is the number one issue that we face. Every bit of the government response was about exploiting coronavirus to usher in their communism over on us. And Trump needs to speak out as well as everybody running for office needs to speak out against it. That Johns Hopkins has come out now two years later and saying that lockdowns don't work is telling us what we already knew. If you were applying common sense instead of panic, you knew it in March 2020. And if and if Johns Hopkins is saying this now, how come this man, the highest paid government worker who's been in this position, supposedly having it his job to stop pandemics, how come he did not know? There's nothing different about this, about how this virus is spread than any other virus that is spread via aerosol. And it and. and There's no excuse at this point with this revelation today, even if you were going to give him the benefit of the doubt, how is he still in his position? Why would why would anybody trust anything this man has to say? What the GOP should be saying right now, anybody running for office is if Fauci is still hasn't retired, he's going to be subpoenaed. We're going to use our subpoena power and we're going to drag him in and put him under oath and he will be fired. And we will get to the bottom of what his financial conflict of interest are and how he's made his money. We will get to the truth about his role in denying therapeutics that worked and what the basis of it was. And he will possibly be facing criminal prosecution because the policies and the protocols put in place in hospitals, he has known for a while are killing people. And I'm sick of Rand Paul sitting up there talking about the Wuhan lab and gain a function so that he can act like he's a tough guy, ignoring the truth. The real deal of how Americans have been killed. That's a strategy the Republicans need to take, including Trump, in my opinion, saying we are going to do everything that we can to route out any pocket in this country that's trying to force a mask on a kid, trying to force people, trying to force a business to, to close, trying to force any individual to have a shot shoved in their Force arm. anything. 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 Period. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Later on, I'm going to get into the Ukrainian impeachment. Speaking of deep state, unelected uh, weasels running the country and ushering in communism. But stay tuned, because right after this break, we're going to talk to Elhoff and the military troop movement into Ukraine. Get more from the Andrea Kay Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. Um, certainly glad to have the, this next guest with me. He is the financial thought doctor. I bring him on on Wednesdays to share his wisdom 
about all things economics and finance. I studied econ, but it wasn't my favorite subject. <laughs> Guess which one was when I was speech. <laughs> I do love to hear myself talk. Um, but I also reached out to him today because I said, look, Elhoff, I don't know if y'all know this, you listeners, but uh, we've talked about it a couple times in the past. He's an old backseater of the old Navy jets. And so I uh, might as well pick his brain on uh, some military action happening tonight. Hello, my dear. AK, great to be with you. Well, I'm glad to have you here because maybe you can might make me laugh or give me some good perspective on what's going on. Um, there's an announcement today that um, uh, our demented commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, has approved the deployment of 3,000 U.S. troops to Poland, Germany, and Romania, quote, in a move to bolster NATO countries in Eastern Europe with uh, we uh, upwards of 100,000 Russian troops that have been amassed along Ukraine's border. And more people in the, uh, are starting to speak out and going, you know, what are we doing here? Uh, Josh Hawley actually said today, congressman out of Missouri, uh, said that um, we need to suspend our support to Ukraine and bec- and stop them from becoming a, a member of NATO and focus on blocking Chinese efforts. And I think he's absolutely spot on. What are we doing sending troops over to Ukraine? That's a good question, especially only 3,000. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's all they have left, Elhoff, because that's all they have left because they're, they're, they're getting rid of that. They're purging the thousands that don't want to get jabbed with something that could kill them. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, the U.S. has always been a counterbalance to the evil powers of the world. Yes, I use evil when we're addressing Russia and China. I mean, the most mass of the humanity who has been murdered through the years had been by those two regimes. And everyone thinks, I get back to this question. Are people basically good? No. Look at your two-year-old. <laughs> don't don't listen to Elhoff if you want to get fed dessert. Okay, he's gonna feed so, you. Ve- he's gonna feed. He's gonna feed you some vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's a whole thing. Is that we've been a counterbalance? But what messages are we saying? Are we sending today with the this? president, so-called president, who doesn't know where he is half the time. Well, not only not only that, but an email was released, I think was revealed. I, they didn't, I guess, uh, the Biden administration didn't use Hillary Clinton's uh, magic eraser to erase all emails. Um, but there was something called a summary of conclusions that um, got leaked. I don't know how they got a copy of this. this they were... Um, This was a a meeting of so-called deputy small group where they assembled uh, top aides to various cabinet members. So on this particular day, it was the day before Kabul fell. And they're sitting around strategizing on what to do and come up with action items. It sounds like Mill Xerox, you know. I don't know who was the facilitator and who was the who was the timekeeper. Um, So they identified action items like we used to do. And it says... Um, uh, they will, um, 
embassy in Kabul will notify locally employed staff to begin to register their interest in relocation to the United States and begin to prepare immediately for departure. This was like the Taliban was already surrounding the airport at this point. I mean, it was already in the middle of collapse. And this is what the Biden administration was doing. Like, gee, we might want to let's let's see if we can find out who might want to leave at this point. That's who's now sending more troops over to Ukraine. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense, uh, Andrea. And, you know, quite frankly, most people would prefer a commander-in-chief that would project peace through brute force. I mean, do you think this would be good? Do you think they'd be amassing troops at the border of Ukraine if Donald Trump was in office? No, they, they didn't do this for four years. Trump was in office. They didn't. What did what did Trump do? He took out Soleimani. Iran had been the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, was, was responsible for killing more troops that were over in the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war really than anybody else. And who was the brain trust behind that? Soleimani. Trump had him taken out. Trump also dropped the Moab, the mother of all bombs over in Afghanistan. Trump took care of ISIS. OK, Trump was the epitome of peace through strength, right? And he tried to negotiate with North Korea. Oh, well, yeah, he went over and walked across. I mean, you know, he had little, what what was his name for that little fat dude over in NOCO? Uh, Rocket Man. Was it Rocket Man? Yeah, right. He like, you know, he managed to complete the, the, your enemies. You correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a military man. Our enemies have to believe that we will pull the trigger and that we will take them out. And they have to believe that we have the means to do so. Right. And that's how you get peace. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the number one thing that we did in training all the time is that you can't be predictable. Right. Because being unpredictable opens up the door for them to make mistakes. But if you're predictable saying that, like Biden wants to talk to everyone and say, <laughs> if we just talk to him, we'll be able to to negotiate with them and everything will be okay. That isn't the way it goes. That's being predictable. They they know what he thinks. Well, and when they getting a phone call from Biden, you know he's laughing. Let's record this one. Well, yeah, his his. <laughs> <laughs> his supposed two-hour phone call with Putin, we never got any transcripts of it, never got to see it. Putin aired all two hours over in Russia. That's got to tell you how bad Biden was in that phone call, right? They all well, know. It was a perfect w- phone call. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of uh, predictability, they're looking at what happened with Afghanistan under this Biden administration going, here's what we can predict. We can predict a complete bumbling Three Ring Circus, Larry Moe, Curley, and Shemp operation, right, that resulted in 13 U.S. military deaths over there in Afghanistan. And this, this document, these action items from this meeting shows that they had absolutely no idea of what the heck was going on over there. And as it was starting to collapse, they just basically said, okay, let's, let's burn down the embassy with everybody's passports in it and just load up as many Afghanis as we can get, even though it's grown men toting a couple little girls they were obviously going to marry and get as many out as we can. Oh, and we'll by just, the way, leave the weapons. Yeah. Oh yeah. And let's leave $85 billion worth of gear. So that's probably what they're now going you know what now's the time if we want to get another 85 billion in gear if we want to take out some more military now's the time because we got biden you know the groper in chief in there absolutely yeah 
disturbing. And I tell you, uh, you, you know, you talk about the eighty-five billion left over there, mm-hmm. and you also mentioned the thirty trillion debt that we currently have, which has just gone through the roof. Well, you know what? Hold on. Curve. Hold on, Elhoff. I, I think we, I think it's perfect time to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to transition into talking economics with Elhoff because, yeah, right. uh, what's this going to cost us to send more troops over there, right? $30 trillion in debt. What does this mean, given the state of the inflation we've got going on right now? Stay tuned. K Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Wrapping up our hump day show here tonight with uh, my buddy Dave Elhoff, the financial thought doctor. This news just kind of came and went, Elhoff. We have passed $30 trillion dollars in debt and during the break skins and i were like what does this mean is this cloward piven are they i mean have we reached the point in which they have gotten us past the point of no return on debt and we are looking at venezuela and we're looking at the the collapse of our economy well i'll tell you what uh, folks listening out there all you have to do is google u.s debt clock and it'll come up and you click on that u.s debt clock and take a look at it do it right now, folks, and look at those numbers as they're increasing. I don't get it, Andrea Kay. You and I can't just go out and create money and not expect to ever pay it back. And that's what Congress and our people in Washington, D.C. are doing, is that they have no intention of ever paying back this money they're creating. And so then what happens at, at one point, at, so at what point do we, isn't it at a point to where when you owe more, so much percentage more than your GDP, that's when you're done as a nation? That's when you're, you're just, you're, you're in complete collapse? On that well, website I, Dave was just talking about, Andrea, U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio, we're at 128%. Wow. I think when you get to yeah. 150, I think you're dead, right? Well, I... <laughs> We may already be there. I don't know, but you know what's going to happen. Our kids and grandkids are the ones that are going to pay for this. Yeah. Right now, looking at the usdebtclock.org, the debt per taxpayer is 239808 Seeing these numbers flash is just absolutely horrifying. Y'all need to go to usdebtclock.org. And, and the, the other one, debt per citizen, $90,000. Yeah. Okay, folks, all your kids are 90000 each. You and your wife are 90000 each. Everyone on, on the United States. And you know what's funny, Dave? That's the only old. number that isn't even moving. That's just staying stagnant. Well, it's going <laughs> to... <yeah. laughs> well, it sure ain't going to go down. No. And you're right, Andrea Kay. Do you think inflation is going to suddenly go away with this kind of money? No. And what's creating is all this money that they're making. The M2 money supply is what's creating this inflation. They're, they're putting so much money. They're printing money like it's no tomorrow or no end to it all. And they have no intention of ever doing something to pay it back. I don't get it. What is wrong with our Congress? 
What is wrong with the people in charge there? Well, part of it is cultural, just the idea that, well, they just keep spending and nothing bad's happened so far. And they keep, you know, people are still working and doing okay. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, me when I was little, like, what do you mean we're broke? Mama, we have more checks, you know, and mama would try to explain to me when I was five, you know, how, how money worked. Right. And I can remember when I was a kid asking my dad, well, why don't we print more money? And my dad trying to explain to me how it devalues it. Right. And how, you know, you end up like in Venezuela where the streets are littered with their currency because now it's, it's worth absolutely nothing. So we're devaluing the dollar and then it takes more dollars to buy something. So, you know, we're just destroying ourselves. Some of it is Cloward Piven. Some of it is intentional, just like it was intentional when, when Joe Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline. We've gone from a zero, what was down negative for a barrel of oil. Now it's like up to $90 a barrel of oil. Now we're at $5 a gallon of gas, right? Exactly. So we've only got a few minutes left. What do you want people to know today? How can they prepare given $30 trillion in debt? Well, what people need to do is they need to think a layer deeper. And what I mean by that is that this is being created by institutions and the government. They have the control of the system. They know how to make or take money away from you. And taxes, inflation, risk, regulation, depreciation, all that is eroding your dollars. If you're not stopping to think about that, that if you have money that is just sitting there, think of it as this, it's got a cancer and it's eroding. And everybody in their life has financial cancer. They don't even know it yet. And that's what I try to do is say, okay, where is the cancer eating away at your wealth? Because what I see when people are doing their things is something different than what they see. And what you don't see is what's going to get you. And that's what I try to teach people how to do is see where taxes, risk, inflation, depreciation, regulations are killing them. And it's done by financial institutions and the government on purpose. They have, they make the rules, they control the situation, and they benefit from the situation. So y'all need to contact Elhoff because, you know, you if you... If your car is sputtering and making noise, you take it to a mechanic, right? If you're being sued or you want to sue somebody, you got an issue with a tenant, you know, you go to a landlord-tenant attorney, right? You go get legal advice. Right now, you need to get financial advice on what to do uh, for your future and for your children's future and your grandchildren's future. One of the things I want you guys to do is watch a movie that Elhoff is, was one of the producers of, and it's called Baby Boomer Dilemma. Elhoff, tell everybody how they can see the movie. Absolutely. If you text me your email, 619-548-0965, I will make sure you get a free ticket to see this movie. And you can live stream it. You'll own it. And you'll be able to see it as many times as you want. And share it. it comes out on Netflix or comes available to you, it's going to be $29.95 a ticket to be able to see it. But you can see it today free by texting me 619-548-0965. And trust me, folks, you're experiencing financial cancer and you don't even yeah. know it. 
and the early detection of cancer usually has a much better outcome than waiting too long. Right. And things are not going to get better anytime soon. I saw a meme today. I was on Dr. Gina's show on Real America's Voice. And the meme of the day was Poxitani Phil saying, you know, hold up, you know, um, I've seen my shadow and you have 36 months left of Joe Biden. And, you know, (laughs) uh, yeah, so it ain't going to get any better anytime soon. Thanks for being here, Elhoff. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Thanks, hon. I promise y'all I will get to the emails that bust wide open Ukrainian impeachment on tomorrow night's show. I'm going to make sure there's time for it. Peace out. Love you all. See you then.